0: Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. So we're continuing our series in the book of Luke. Last week we looked at uh, a parable that Jesus told which depicted the world, described the way the world is, but included in that was a particularly harsh attack on some of the religious leaders. And in this section of the book of Luke, Uh, There's a number of situations where the religious leaders come to Jesus with all sorts of challenges. And one of those today is uh, what we're going to look at. And it's all to do with coins and the inscriptions that are on them. And uh, with the new monarch in England, uh, there's a new coin being issued. And uh, instead of depicting Queen Elizabeth II, it now depicts Charles III, And you'll see there's a little bit of Latin at the top there, DG Rex FD. So they couldn't fit all of it in there, but um, by the grace of God, Deus, uh, Dei Gracia, by the grace of God, Rex, and Rex means king, Uh, Fide um, Defensor, uh, Defender of the Faith. So King Charles III is, uh, by the grace of God, he's the king and he's the defender of the faith. And I don't know if this happened with Charles's coronation or not, but with Queen Elizabeth, when the Archbishop of Canterbury put the crown on Queen Elizabeth's head, uh, he said, you wear this crown until the true owner returns. Uh, so, so, and I don't know about the theology of that either, that uh, the King of England is uh, the King of God taking Jesus' place on earth, but uh, it's, it's a notion of humility that, that it's by the grace of God that uh, our King reigns. Now, I don't know if we're going to get... Um, King Charles' is image stamped on our coins here in Australia, but he is the king of Australia. And throughout history, the way that a king or a ruler has demonstrated their authority over a location is that the coinage has borne an image of that king or queen or that monarch. And so technically, uh, we will have King Charles III stamped onto our coins and possibly onto our banknotes. And so this little thing was a source of great controversy in first century Palestine. This is a a, a Roman denarii, and it bears the image of the emperor Tiberius. And for the the Jews in in the first century, this was a, a source of great controversy. Now, there were some like the Sanhedrin, the members of the Sanhedrin, who were happy to use the coin and to uh, recognise the submission to Rome that came with it. But there were other groups who were vehemently opposed to the use of this coin because it represented to Rome and their oppression of, of Israel and their paganism. So they were worshippers of multiple gods. They were violent. They were, were uh, um, yeah, godless and uh, promiscuous. And so for them to use that coin was not, they're totally out of the room. And there was a group called the Zealots who were very passionately... So one of Jesus' disciples, Simon, was a zealot. He was passionately and violently opposed to the use of Tiberius's coin in, in Israel. So the Zealots were a group who rang around a bit like Extinction Rebellion, uh, and, but except they both refused to pay taxes. Uh, both the Zealots and uh, Extinction and Rebellion probably don't pay tax. but uh, So that was the scenario in which this situation occurs. And uh, Luke tells us that a, a group are sent by the religious leaders to question Jesus about the use of coins. And so in Luke chapter 20, verse 20, we drew back verse 19. The teachers of the law and the chief priests look for a way to arrest him immediately. Because they knew he had spoken against them in this parable. But they were afraid of the people. Verse 20. Keeping a close watch on him, they sent spies who pretended to be sincere. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said. So that they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. So the spies questioned him. Teacher... We know that you speak and teach what is right and that you do not show partiality but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their duplicity and said to them, Show me a denarius whose image and inscription are on it. Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. They were unable to trap him in what he had said there in public, and astonished by their answer, they became silent. It was a dangerous question, uh, dangerous for Jesus on, on whatever way he went on that. If he had answered, pay taxes to Caesar. The religious extremists, the zealots, and and all of those in Israel who were upset with the Roman oppression, so hope the questioners, would turn their back on Jesus and he'd be rejected by the popular majority. But if he said, don't pay the taxes to Caesar, they were fully prepared to run straight off to the Romans and say, Jesus is advocating uh, uprising. Jesus is advocating disobedience, civil disobedience and tax avoidance, hoping then that the Romans would come and arrest him. And so it was a brilliant question and, and uh, set it up for with Jesus, that whatever answer he came up with, or so they thought, would mean he lost something, either his popularity or his liberty. But of course, Jesus' response is brilliant. Give me the coin. Give me the coin. Whose image is on it? And the the respondents had no choice but to say, "Well, it's Roman; it's Caesar's image on it." And then Jesus' response: "Well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's." And this seems to be Jesus' response to the Roman oppression at this time. This the, the Romans' presence in Israel was not on his major agenda. Who, overturning that was not ultimately what he was about. In in Matthew 17, or any any authority for that matter, because in, in Matthew 17, Jesus is questioned about paying the temple tax. And and you might know what he does is um, sends Peter away to pull a, a coin out of a fish's mouth and to take that and to pay the temple tax. Jesus wasn't first and foremost about overturning governments. He wasn't first and foremost about liberating people from oppression. What he was about was saving the world. And so his question says, it's Caesar's image. Therefore, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's. And by him asking them to produce the coin, he demonstrated their hypocrisy. Maybe it was as they had it halfway out of their pockets, they realised, ah, he's got us. Because the very fact that those questioners had Caesar's coin in their pocket identified them as falling into line with Caesar. They were living under his his governance and they were participating in his commerce. And so they were already shot even before Jesus pointed out whose image was on the coin that was in their pocket. Nobody likes paying tax. And so as one of the immediate applications in our lives is that, that as, as followers of Jesus, as people who adhere to his teaching, we recognise the need to pay tax and to live under authority of the government that that taxation comes from. But nobody likes paying tax, and, but the tax office is very good at getting it out of people. Uh, There's the story of the man on holidays walking along a beach. And as he's walking along, he notices um, a little boy choking and his mother frantically um, trying to stick her fingers down his throat, whatever, to get get this thing out of his mouth. And and the man says, what's happened? He said, oh, he swallowed a coin. He's choking on it. The man immediately grabs the little boy by his legs, holds him up and shakes him. And, And the coin falls out. And uh, the mother's you know, very thankful, obviously, and, oh, thank you, thank you. So, so you must be a doctor to know what to do to get a coin out of a child. And he says, no, no, I work with the tax department. <laughs> I can get money out of anybody. <laughs> but as much as we hate paying tax, that's what we do. We live in submission to the government. Uh, Paul sort of expands on this doctrine in Romans, and so the whole of Romans chapter 13, or, or it's in the first half of it, is is concerned about the relationship between the Christians and Rome, and the Roman government was as bad as any government has been in history. Uh, are violence and oppression. They're godless. They're oppressing Christians. Uh, they're, they're causing all sorts of havoc. Uh, and then but Paul says to them, and, and you know, there's a bit before this, uh, verse five, and but the whole of, of uh, the first part of Romans 13. And then in verse five he says, "Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities." He, he couldn't put it any clearer than that. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. So it's a, it's a moral issue. Verse six: This is why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants. Now we need to dwell on that for a moment. The authorities are God's servants. That's why Paul is, That's why Jesus says, "Render to Caesar what Caesar's." Paul is saying the same thing here. Um, they are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. And so Jesus' message, and Paul confirms it, is give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to the government what is the government's. There's a little bit more detail to it, and the first thing we need to do then is to realise that the, the most important thing we should do when we see a government not doing the right thing is not withhold our taxes, not to practise civil disobedience. The first thing we do when a government is not doing what it should be doing is to pray for it. Uh, that Paul, again, expounds this idea. He, he probably has heard that Jesus has made this teaching, and so he says... I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority. We're much more inclined to complain about the government than pray for the government. And if you went to an Anglican church in the early part of the last century or most of the last century, every week there would be prayer for the government following on what Paul and what Jesus is, is teaching about the relationship between Christians and the government. And it's something we don't do that much nowadays. But again, when you feel the urge to complain about the government, pray as your first step in response. And secondly, we obey. Because they are God's servant. Now, there is one big proviso to that blanket rule. So generally, we we obey. But the example in the book of Acts of the apostles' response when the government or when the authorities told them not to preach the gospel was, sorry, we can't do that. You can't tell us not to preach the gospel. And so if the government ever tells us to not preach the gospel, we'll have to disobey them. Uh, They haven't done that yet. uh, And it's probably a long way away. But that's, that's a line in the sand. The other line is in the sand when they tell us to do something that's immoral. That Obviously, that, that counters what our conscience would tell us to do. But in everything else, we submit to the government as God's instruments, as God's servants in bringing order to the world in which we live. And the third thing we do is participate in public life. Uh, nowhere in the New Testament are people told that there are certain professions that they can't work in. Uh, there was for certain in the, in the New Testament, the recipients of some of the letters were public servants. They were soldiers. There were centurions in the early church. None of them were told to quit their job and do something else. The, 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 we are meant to be Christian in whatever role, whatever profession Jesus has called us to. We need Christian politicians. We need Christian public servants. We need Christian public uh, policy developers. We need Christian engineers. We need Christian police. We need Christian soldiers. We need Christians in every room so that we can influence those realms towards God's agendas and God's uh, policies. Now, if Jesus had just finished with the first part of his, his saying there, that would have been sufficient. You know, do we pay taxes to Caesar, whose image is on there? Caesar's, give to Caesar what's Caesar's. He could have finished it there, but he takes it the next step and he says, render unto God what is God's. Give to God what is God's. And there's a, a symmetry to that, isn't there? So there's a symmetry, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, give to God what's God's. But there is one very big distinction between those two. And the first is that really you don't have the choice about giving to Caesar. That, that, that Caesar has authority, Caesar holds the sword. He exercises God's authority to maintain order. And paying taxes is about maintaining order. So you employ police and teachers and nurses and and doctors and things. But the second part of that saying is optional. In this world, at least, there is no immediate imperative, there's no immediate force applied for us to give to God what is God's. At the end of time, when we stand in judgment, there will be. But in this life, we have that choice. Do we give to God what is God's or do we not? And there's two reasons why we should. And the first is because of who we are. Uh, The the coins bear the image of the king. We bear the image of our creator. And and those great opening verses in the book of Genesis tell us that we are created in the image of God. We are not like everything else in God's creation. We're we're formed from dust the way that everything else is. But we are formed in the image of God. We have a unique place in this world. In Psalm 148, the psalm urges all of creation, the animals and the trees, to worship God. So obviously they can do that. And you know, when a dolphin jumps through a wave or a butcher bird sings a song, I think there's an element of worship in those things but nothing on earth nothing created can relate to god can worship god can have a relationship with god the way we can we were made for it we were created for that that relationship for that worship and so we should give back to god what he is owed because of who we are and of course we should worship god because of who he is if we're going to honor the government because it has power and authority how much more should we honour God who has all power and all authority and who's, in comparison to, to him, the, the government of any world, the, of any the most powerful governments in this world, are insignificant compared to the power and authority of God. And so we should give ourselves to God. We should give to God what he deserves because of who we are, the image of God, and because of who he is, the creator and sustainer, of all things sometimes Christians are tempted to think that the biggest issue in the world at the moment is the government and I think coming out of COVID and where, where government exercised authorities in a way that it hasn't done uh, in many contexts and many times throughout history is, has, has brought mixed response from Christians and some Christians have responded as though the biggest issue in the world is what the government's doing Jesus is here reminding us, pointing out to us that we submit to the government and get on with the business. That, that they are his servants and we should honour them. But far more important, far more important than what the government's doing and whether we respond and how we respond to the government is how are we responding to God? What are, we, are we rendering unto God the things that are God's? Because that is ultimately what it's all about. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your brilliant wisdom, Lord. And I know that as I I read the Gospels and and read about these sorts of encounters, I love and admire you all the more for your incredible wisdom. We thank you for the, the clear teaching it brings to us today. That as much as we might disagree with government policy, or as much as we might be angry by the wastefulness we perceive, as much as we, we think that uh, the government is, is, is doing things it shouldn't do, that we are still to live in submission to it because it is your servant. They are your servants. You are using them for your purposes. And so, Lord, we we pray you will help us to to render under Caesar what is Caesar's, to live peaceful lives in submission to the governing authorities in every way that we can. Give us wisdom when we can't do that, Lord. Help us not to to jump too quickly, but to reflect upon what are the really important things in life, and that is whether we are honouring you as you deserve. And, Lord, help us to get things right there, to give to you the honour and the glory, the worship and relationship that you deserve and not to get confused by thinking that the big game is what's happening with the government when in fact it's what we do with you. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.